Yeah, hi guys, you're listening to Motocoto Youth Radio on 98.3. Uh, this show is about diversity, uh, multiculturalism, achieving goals, and sharing experiences. I'm your host, Boo, Malul and all that, and Malul, they're not here today. They might be here in a while, but it's just me, it's just me for now. Okay, we're going back, we're gonna go back to another music. Uh, this is one by Bow Wow, Little Bow Wow, playing the game. We enjoy. Hi guys, welcome back. Uh, we're gonna be interviewing like a basketball player today. His name is Pierre. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Pierre Johannesson. Um, I'm a basketball player, but I also run a charity that uses basketball to fight youth poverty and social disadvantage all around the world. Uh, how did you get into that? Like- uh, started out on a basketball court. Um, I was living and working in Bangladesh, a tiny little country next to India. And uh, working in a pretty stressful job, um, uh, building houses for communities that didn't have it, uh, trying to lift people out of poverty that way. And uh, one day we got uh, hit by a cyclone, and the job got even more stressful. And and I don't know about you, but me, when I I get under a lot of pressure and a lot of stress, I turn back to what I love, which is basketball. Um, There's nothing quite like that feeling of being on a court shooting around by yourself. You don't even need anyone else there, but it makes you stop worrying about the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. So um, one day when I, I found a basketball court, I went out and started shooting around. And uh, after a couple of minutes, I looked up. There's about 100 kids standing on the fence next to the court. And you can tell they were street kids because they had plastic bags around their arms. Because, yeah. uh, you know, when you're a street kid, you're trying to hustle to make every little cent that you can. So they yeah. had a plastic bag in case they found anything on the streets, on the roads. Uh, a lot of them didn't have shoes, tattered clothing, the whole work. So I thought, you know what? Let's get these kids on the basketball court to come and play. Kids started playing with me, and, and it was great. You know, 20 minutes of just, like, kids having fun. It was me, one basketball, and, like, a 100 little kids. It was hilarious. Um, all of a sudden, I heard some kids scream, and I spun around, and the kid was getting basically his butt whooped. <laughs> he was getting beaten by a security guard because, and I only found this out later, it was embarrassing to the owners of the court to have a foreigner see street kids on their property. Like it was a source of disappointment for them that these kids were on their property. Now, you know, basketball's got me through so many things. So to see these kids not being able to enjoy being a kid was heartbreaking. I mean, they couldn't go to school to begin with. It wasn't like they had anywhere else to go. Even though there was free education, they couldn't go and take take advantage of it because they had to make enough money to help their family. And here they were in the one situation where they had a chance just to be kids, just mm-hmm. to do something kid-like. Yeah. And they were getting their asses handed to them. So... Um, I got together with a couple of guys, and we hired out the basketball court one day, rounded up all these kids. We went looking through the streets for these kids again, found them, brought them back to the court, and let them play basketball. And it was hilarious because, like, the same kids would run up to the security guard that had beaten them, <laughs> stick out their tongues to them and make fun of them because they knew they couldn't get touched. Well, a big part of that, too, was we gave them these little emergency packs because we knew that that few hours of the day they would normally have to work or, or beg. Yeah, right. So instead of just leaving, we gave them these packs filled with rice and oil and f- clean water and soap and a couple of toys and stuff yeah. so they wouldn't get in trouble for being there. Yeah, right. yeah, and that's how it started. It all started on a basketball court in Bangladesh back in 2007. Yeah, and, like, did you have any basketball kills before you started? Yeah, you know, I was, I think I'm awesome. No, I, was, uh, <laughs> I always loved basketball. I played basketball in high school. Um, actually made it on a, I redshirted on a college team in the U.S. Well, um, cool. I mean, I never got court time or anything, but this is back when I actually, you know, could play basketball. Now I'm just a scrub. I'm that guy on the end of the bench at the moment. But uh, yeah, I, I love basketball from, from a young age. So if you could play like for a team right now, 
in the USA for the tournament, what uh-huh. team would you play? Any team? San Antonio Spurs. That's my hometown team. Go yeah. Spurs. Why is that? I've got family in San Antonio, and like I grew up loving the team. I used to watch, you know, old NBA games. You know, the long time, 80s basketball, 90s basketball. <laughs> Love the San Antonio Spurs. And who's it's, your favorite player right now? That's a tough question. Um, probably Tony Parker, because Tony's my age. You know, he's he's uh, he's from France. He's got the skills. He's a point guard. You know, he's not overly big, but he still does his thing. So yeah, Tony Parker. Yeah. So, so you said you. You said that's your hometown, San Antonio. It feels like my hometown. I mean, I grew up all over the world. So you well, you started in the states, then you, Actually, you worked no, I didn't in, start Bangladesh. in the states. Yeah. So when you, tell us a bit about, about that side of things. <laughs> um, I said, I mean, the background. I, I was born in Iran. Yeah. To a Norwegian father and Iranian mother, so uh, they were both working in the UN at the time. So we oh. traveled quite a bit when I was growing up. So the only place I learned English was San Antonio, Texas, where some of my family was. So that's kind of like the constant in my life. I've been traveling since I was a baby. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I knew uh, I knew hotels and airplane food better than I knew like home cooked food for a long time. <laughs> and uh, so with with B Bang Balls as well then. Yeah. It's uh so it started in Bangladesh. Started in Bangladesh. After yeah. that now is it just uh just Canberra based or? No, uh, we're actually in 10 countries at the moment. Um we expanded pretty quickly. We you know, we never thought it would get this big. It was just four of us that started it, but you know, in 2 years it, it turned into this massive endeavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh we're in Pakistan, uh, India, Nepal, Philippines, Papua New Guinea, all over the place. So 10 countries at the moment and another four by the end of the year that will oh, come online good. for us. Yeah, wow. Um, I mean, you got any suggestions, Bulls, to, like, you know, would you, do you reckon something like this might work in, uh, you know, in, uh, I don't know, in Sudan or elsewhere? Yeah, that's yeah. good. Like, I don't think um, many kids in Sudan know how to play basketball. The only thing in their head is a soccer and all. Soccer, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it would be cool to get them to know about a little bit about basketball. Oh, no basketball. doubt. I think and Sudanese kids would be great at basketball. I mean, we've got uh, Manu Ball was, the, was like the number one Sudanese basketball player. He made it to the NBA. He was a massive influence in, yeah. in the NBA. Um, it's funny, actually, we, we sponsor a Sudanese team here. Um, the the ACT Eagles. We sponsor them to go out in tournaments, and we help them out with uniforms and funding. Uh, they actually recently just had the Sudanese Invitational Tournament here in Canberra. So uh, Sudanese kids have got some skills on the basketball court. Bill, you were saying you got along to that tournament. Yeah, well, I was tell, us a bit, tell us a bit about it from your perspective. Were you playing in it, or were you just watching? Yeah, I was watching and playing, but I wasn't playing as a team. Yeah, but it was entertaining to watch all these good people play basketball. Yeah, it was good, right? And uh, teams from all over the country, too. Melbourne came out. Brisbane came out. Yeah. Did you stay around for the dunk contest? Yeah, Did you that, see was that? Good. that was good. That was amazing. That's absolutely incredible. Watching these 18-, 19-year-old Sudanese kids flying in the air. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, so why, um, what's, what's your connection with, you know, seeing is it? We've got our Sudanese host. What's your connection with the Sudanese community? Um, look, a big part of what we do is breaking down social barriers and trying to encourage young people to take leadership positions and, and take care of their own communities. Like um, what Bull's doing here on the panel. Absolutely, <laughs> exactly right. I mean, it's easy to stay at home and not doing anything, right? Yeah. It's easy to complain about what life is like and not actually do something to improve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we met these Sudanese kids here in Canberra who said, listen, we have a community full of kids that want to play. They don't have access to, you know, finances to start up a, a team. Mm. They don't have uniforms. Because, I mean, that's what sport can be. Oh, yeah, It absolutely. can be expensive. Absolutely, yeah. especially in developed countries, you know. Yeah, yeah. And for us to hear that the only impediment to kids having a good time on a field or a court is money, that's ridiculous. So <laughs> first thing we did was we raised some cash and helped them out with uniforms, helped them out to enter a tournament, and they've just been on a roll ever since. You know, they do their own fundraising activities now. 
uh, that Sudanese tournament, they were huge in, in actually organizing it. We did very, very little to actually organize the thing. Mm. Uh, so, you know, this is a great example of how easy it is to take care of your own community, how yeah. to take responsibility for your own community. So you do you do you do the big bangs and the, your job too? Or? Uh, no, it's actually um, a side project of mine. Uh, I'm actually a, a partner in a law firm. I'm actually a lawyer by by profession. Uh, so the big bangs was always like something that we did in our spare time. Yeah. Um, the great thing is now we have about 80 volunteers around the world. No, nobody gets paid from big bangs, but because we have so many volunteers, we manage to do so much with so little time that we have. And how does it feel to accomplish this? It's amazing. It, it's incredible. Every now and again, we have to step back and and take a you know take a look from far away because, like I said, we never thought it'd be this big. We originally thought it was just going to be on that one court with you know 100 kids and that was the end of the story. But in the last two years, we've served something like 15,000 kids and donated something like $25,000 and worked Whoa. in schools and orphanages and done camps all over the world. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. Look, I was going to say maybe we can go to uh, go to a song and then afterwards we can you can tell us more about you know. Why exactly you chose to do this through sport? Yeah, and, sounds good. And exactly, you know what what you are doing. I mean, we've got a seems seems like there's uh, basketball involved and and uh, you're doing good stuff. But yeah, exactly. You know, a bit more of the detail. Cool. Maybe. Excellent. Hi guys, you're listening to Double XFM nine eight point three, the Multicultural Youth Program. Um, we're interviewing Pierre. Yeah, we've been interviewing from for a while. So, can you tell us about when you came to Australia? Uh-huh. Like, was it hard for you? Like, cause you wanted to organize teams and all that, was it hard to? Yeah, it's um, that's a, that's a good question. It's you know, we working in developing countries like third world countries as they call them. Uh, it's sometimes you feel like it's a lot easier to get stuff done because there's although although there's so many barriers, um, you have less I guess responsibility to other people. So for example, if we wanted to make a team, we didn't have to worry about stuff like insurance or. Um, you know, if the kids under 18, we didn't have to worry about getting signatures from their parents. Whereas in Australia, obviously, you have to worry about stuff like insurance and making sure that the kids, the parents sign off on whatever they do just in case, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was difficult. But um, our programs in Australia, our teams in Australia are a little bit different from our teams overseas. Uh, our teams overseas are a way for us to get kids involved in sport and involved in their own community. So uh, when they join our team, they have certain responsibilities. They have to stay in school. They have to get certain grades in school. They have to come and volunteer at a lot of our camps and our, and our uh, orphanage and, and school visits. Uh, whereas our teams here in Australia are more for, I guess, um, uh, promotion. You know, ki- the, the teams here wear our jerseys on their back. They have our website on the back, our name. The, it's really a way for us to get our name out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And so you say, do you, you just, what, do you support uh, any, any young teams or is it kind of a, a focus on, you know, on, I don't know, different kind of. Yeah, uh, in in places like here, like in places like Australia, mm. um, we have a process. If you want to start up a basketball team or you want to join a basketball team, mm. uh, just send us an email and we'll consider it. I mean, yeah. just depending on where you are and what kind of stuff you need, uh, we'll do our best to support you. So, like I said, finances shouldn't be a burden for uh, an impediment for kids to play basketball. So, if you're in Canberra and you want to start playing basketball and you don't have a team, yeah. we're more than happy to help you out with coaches and uniforms, and you know, even in some cases for new migrants, shoes, and and uh, we'll definitely take care of everything you you may need for the season to be successful. Ah, sounds like pretty uh, pretty good deal you're offering. Yeah, look, we we don't do it for everybody, yeah. but if you can show that that you genuinely are interested and generally needed and you're willing to make a commitment to the big bangs and helping us out with you know uh, school holiday camps and uh, and volunteering for our different events we're happy to consider it yeah cool yeah. so how old do you have to be to join 
Uh, we don't have an age limit at all. We, um, I, we actually, I, I should change that. We have an upper age limit. Uh, we consider youth to be anything from uh, when you're born all the way up to 25. So as long as you fit into that category, we'll offer you. We'll try and offer you some assistance for your teams. Mm. If you're older than 25, then definitely you can come along and volunteer for us. But other than that, there's no age limit. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's cool. So how how would you like us? Oh, you, you, you're right. Um, so how does sport empower you? Know? Sport has that ability to break down social barriers that other things can't. Uh, mm. On a sports field, it's very easy to teach people that you have a role to play and you're valued for what you can bring. Um, you know, we use sports specifically because it's a pathway to so many other things. Um, on a sporting field, on a sporting court, on, on a sporting ground, uh, you can teach people about the value of teamwork, and it's so easy to understand it. When you talk about teamwork outside of sport, sometimes it's difficult to make that association because you feel like some people take the leadership roles and maybe your opinion isn't as valued. But on a sporting ground, you can definitely see how important teamwork is to getting things done. So uh, on a basketball court, for example, you can be the best player in the game. So we've had Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. But none of these guys ever win without the rest of their teammates. Jordan never won a championship without Scottie Pippen. Uh, Kobe Bryant won a championship only when he started getting good teammates. You know, Shaq left the Lakers and Kobe was by himself, couldn't win anything. Uh, LeBron just switched teams from Cleveland to Miami because he can't do it by himself. You know, basketball is a great way to show people that you have to work together to get things done. Uh, on another point, too, sport is that unbelievably awesome way of, of seeing immediate results. You know, like in life, you try and, and work through something, and sometimes it's difficult to see a result at the end. But, for example, on a basketball court, the game ends, and there's a score. There's a winner and a loser, and you know <laughs> how you did. It's it's that simple. Yeah. yeah. Well, why didn't you choose? So, in, as far as this is a, uh-huh. you know, a kind of a, um, a charity organization or, yep. a, you know, an NGO, why didn't you choose something, you know, why, why didn't you, I don't know, education or, or yes, starting right, up yeah. businesses or mm-hmm. why did, yeah, I mean, you, you talked about, just then about, you know, how, how sport is empowering, so I mm-hmm. guess that's that's the main connection, but so how, how does this... Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the reason we used basketball to begin with was because we just instinctively felt that this is what we know. Mm. Uh, the guys that, you know, the few of us that, that started this to begin with, we came from different backgrounds. I was working for a not-for-profit. I was working for an NGO. Mm. Uh, the One of the guys was working for the French government. Another was working for a telecommunications uh, giant. And, and the fourth one was a local Bangladeshi kid who just played basketball. Mm. Um, but the reason we all came together and chose sport was because we saw how we could help all of us from different backgrounds come to the same level. The um, reason we, we stuck to it, the reason we stuck to basketball is because um, sport, you, you learn things through sport that you can't learn just through a classroom situation, mm. or it, it, and especially it doesn't need that prerequisite knowledge that a business might need. Yeah, right. I don't know if that makes sense. It's, it's, <laughs> I guess basketball was kind of using sport, specifically basketball, was just an easy way to get people to, to understand the world around them. Yeah, yeah. It's the easiest way to do things. It's the easy way to learn things if, if you actually interact with it. You were saying as well that you do some, some kind of exchanges as well. Uh-huh. With- 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we try our very best to send kids uh, to as many places as we can. Mm. So whether that's sending the kids from uh, the slums up to the to the richer areas, for want of a better term, or whether that's sending one of our kids from, for example, Bangladesh all the way out to the U.S. to uh, study and learn and, and kind of experience what the new culture is like. We try and get people out of their comfort zones and get out of their own little areas to see how big the world really is yeah. and how similar people are, really. Yeah, yeah. So do you organize, like, for the tournaments, uh-huh. do you organize them in, like, other countries? Yeah, other countries, other teams, other country, uh, other uh, sorry, cities, other countries. We've actually got a tournament coming up in Wollongong in uh, two months yeah. uh, where we're going to be taking teams from here all the way down to Wollongong. So we'll organize transportation and fees and all that for them mm. just so they can see what, you know, players and people on the other side of, uh, other side of the city are. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we've got kids from, uh, so in, in Canberra, we've got Sudanese kids, we've got um, Lebanese kids, we've got uh, all kinds of different races, but in Wollongong, all of a sudden you have a whole another bunch of people. You've got a lot of uh, uh, Chinese and Korean kids mm-hmm. that have never interacted with some with Sudanese kids before, so this would be a great chance for them all to interact and see that everybody plays basketball, and on a basketball court, it's everyone's just the same. classic melting pot. Hey? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So okay. now, let's talk about your um, your, your background for a yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. Um, so you, you're you're saying that you're, uh, you're yes. Yeah, so uh, born in Iran, yeah. uh, to a Persian mother and a Norwegian father, right? Uh, and have been traveling since I can remember. Um, we I grew up in the Pacific Islands, Namibia, Fiji, New Caledonia. Right. Um, eventually landed in Greece. Yeah. So we spent a little bit of time in Europe. Um, and how old and, were you when you came out to Canberra? Let's see. Australia? I've been uh, the, when I moved here permanently. I was. 12 years old. Right. Yeah, so that was, that was the big move here, 12, 12 years old. And so you, you studied in here? Yeah, I went to high school here and uh, university here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How, how old were you when you came out to Canberra? Uh, I came when I was 10. Yeah, right. And yeah. what was that like for you when you, you know, arriving here in terms of integrating, coming from, you know, coming from a different uh, different culture, arriving in Australia? Yeah. Yeah, there was like, when I first came, there was like technology all around me. And yeah, everything was new and original. But then I got used to it. But Australia is still, it's still a good place to live in. Yeah. What, what were you telling us before, just uh, just a moment ago, whilst, uh, you know, whilst the music was on, about what your friends said about what Australia would be like? And... <laughs> they said it was like about being rich and fam- <laughs> famous and all that. Yeah, living in a you don't like touch your ground because you have cars all around you. You couldn't play sport because you're too busy doing other things. Yeah. And and have you found that you know? Did you find when you came out here and uh, that that people are that different? Not really, but there there wasn't. Everything was different, like Australia. But the people, not different. But it was hard to interact with them because I didn't know English that much. Right. So, yeah. so the language was the main barrier, but apart from that, yeah, yeah. Australia was good, and yeah, interesting. Yeah. And so, how did you, you know, how did you go about getting to know, you know, or with with limited language, getting to know people and your classmates and stuff? Yeah, I tried my hardest to learn English because there were like people around me I could like sit next to them and hear what they're talking about. Yeah, like get a little bit from them, a little bit of English, and yeah. Yeah. Try my hardest to see, like teachers. Even I don't know what they're talking about. I just try to pe- try and put my bit into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. It's tough, right? It's tough moving to a to a new place, completely new place, new language, all that kind of stuff. I think you know we 
it's funny. The election's coming up. Everyone's talking about migration and, and you know, numbers of people coming in. But yeah. I think people forget that, you know, especially for younger people, you're coming into a new place isn't about just, like, landing here and having a new life. It's, it's tough. It's hard. Uh, you know, I, we see it every day. Like, we, you know, like I was saying before, we had, take care of so many kids and we try and get them to different places and we see them move to other countries. That first few years is scary as heck. You know, for a new for a kid that doesn't speak the language or doesn't speak the language well, uh, what were we saying before? You know, they said don't bother buying a, a football jersey because no one here plays football. <laughs> we see that all the time with our kids. They they hear these stories about what it's like over there, and they become even more intimidated about how things how things may be. So a big reason why we do basketball teams is that we can show them that actually kids aren't that different anywhere. They might speak a different language and they might dress different, but Inside, everyone's exactly the same. So, you know, on a basketball court, a Sudanese team plays a, you know, an Anglo-Australian team. Mm. They're both playing the same game. This is the rules are exactly the same. To win the game, you got to put the ball in the bucket. So they yeah. see that, you know, it's not that different. Mm. And for, right. you, for you growing up in that, you know, with parents of different, you know, different backgrounds, mm-hmm. is that what's kind of led you into this involvement in, in you know, Canberra's multicultural communities and, and also having a broader focus on, you know, on you know, international focus? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think just growing up all over the world, too, it makes you want to know more. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to see what every, everyone else is like, see what people's food is like, see what people's habits are like, see what other cultures are like. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, easy to be, uh, it's easy to be intimidated or scared of other cultures if you've never experienced them, but why not? I mean, it, you know, it, there's so much to learn out there. You might as well go out and see what people are like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks. We're going to go to some music. Hi, I'm Malul. Sup, I'm Boo. Yeah, I'm Malul. This is the voice of Canberra Youth. And this is the voice of Multicultural Youth. The show about multiculturalism, diversity, sharing experiences, and achieving goals. Stay tuned for our wonderful interviews and good music for you to enjoy. You, you are, are listening, listening to, to the Multicultural Youth Program, program on 2XFM. Live Thursday, 6 till 7 p.m. Hi guys, welcome back to 98.3. Uh, we're interviewing Pierre. Um, yeah, would you like to ask any question? Yeah, yeah, I think we're just going to um, we're going to grill you a little bit, Bull. Yeah, you're going to be the interviewee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. We've been we've been talking a bit about you know about achieving. Oh, we're we're going to talk a bit about achieving goals and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so uh, I think Pierre was going to give us a you know a bit of a, a bit of a wrap as to the importance and and you know how to go just. You know, making how uh, little actions can make. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Make it's a it's a big part of what we teach teach our kids. Um, sometimes it's you see people achieving big things, like you see your role models doing great things, and you're not really sure how they got there, or you think it might be really difficult to get to where they are. Mm. But what we're trying to remind her, especially are, when you're young. Oh, yeah. absolutely, because you don't see that step, you don't see what it took for people to get up there. So, yeah. um, we like to teach our kids that anything is possible. Like the name Big Bangs itself. The reason we stuck with the name Big Bangs is because we have. Like, it's cheesy. I know it, it sounds really dorky, but it's that it doesn't matter. Even when it seems like there's nothing there, all it takes is a little spark for great things to happen. So you know you don't really need to go to do something huge straight away but it's the little things that matter like for example us we started off with four guys one basketball and a basketball court mm-hmm. in a little corner street of bangladesh and all of a sudden we're in, in 10 countries so it doesn't take very much like, let's take you for example you what are your goals what do you want to do in life um i want to be an nba star or a doctor 
NBA star, don't yeah. you? That, that's an awesome mix of things, too, by the way. I love that. So, NBA star. Have, do you play basketball yet? Yeah, I play basketball. All right. Whereabouts do you play basketball? Um, I My uncle he gets me around into teams, like, see how they play, and sometimes trains with them. You know, we should talk about your uncle right now, because I don't know if he's <laughs> listening, but we, we should have a quick chat about your uncle. How Do you know how long he's been playing basketball? I don't know. I think he came here in 2000 and, 2002 or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I don't... I, I think he's been playing since he came to Australia. Yeah, I remember seeing him play basketball that very first time, back all the way back then. Uh, he couldn't shoot the ball. He couldn't <laughs> dribble the ball. All he could do was run, and he just loved running and catching the basketball and trying to put it in. I remember asking him to come and play on our team. He had no skills whatsoever. Like, And, and he knows this. I tell him this all the time. Like, gee, you, you were terrible when you started <laughs> playing. Um, but now he's he's incredible. And it's only taken a few years, you know, very few small years to actually be a really great basketball player. And that's all it takes. You know, he had this dream of becoming a great basketball player, and it didn't take long for him to achieve it. And was all it, it took was a little bit of hard work. Was it hard training him? You know what? I didn't even really train him. He was just, he just loved it that much. Like, we, we showed him little pointers about how to shoot, but it was him going out and just practicing by himself. You know, he... It was on outdoor courts every day. It didn't matter how hot it was. It didn't matter how cold it was. It didn't matter if it was raining or shining. But he would just play. And that's that's all it took for him to become a great basketball player. Uh, um, it, can you give us some hints on how to be, like, the the experiences you have to go through and all that? Yeah, absolutely. To be, to be a good basketball yeah. player? Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, it practice. It's all about practice. You know, Alan Iverson says it's not about practice, but it is. It's all about practice. It's it's about listening to people who you think are good basketball players. Yeah. Like, I remember, um, you're probably too young, but I don't know if you know Magic Johnson. Yeah, I know. Magic yeah. Johnson, you know, that was my hero growing up. <laughs> I remember hearing him uh, on, a, on an interview, and he said that wherever he used to walk, he used to dribble a basketball wherever he went. So from that day, I picked up a basketball, and I used to dribble the basketball wherever I went, to the store, to school, in between classes. It used to drive my teachers crazy because, you know, those little hallways? Yeah. The noise in the hallways was just the sound of me bouncing a basketball. And that's all it takes is just practice, practice, practice. If you really love the game, if you really love what you do, it doesn't matter what it is, practice makes perfect. Uh -huh. And that's for everything. That's not just for basketball. That's, you know, you, that's even cool. the things you hate, like school. You know, what, what's, what's, your, what, what's the subject you hate the most? What's your worst subject? Uh, I think English. English? Yeah. I don't English. understand it. Don't understand? <laughs> even when you hate something, if you, the more you practice it, the better you'll get at it. Yeah. You know, just like basketball. That's cool. I had a mild, a mild coach used to say, um, if you practice harder than the game will be, then the game will be easy. Yeah, and that's how we try and teach our kids as well. So we try and practice even harder than the game could possibly be. You know, if you're you're playing five on five, we'll throw seven defenders at you. So you have to learn how to play against seven defenders. That'll make you better. Um, if you're right-handed, we'll teach you how to dribble left-handed and only dribble left-handed. So you start to get used to being able to use both hands. If you can't dunk, we start making you jump over boxes. So by the end of the month, you start really <laughs> touching the rim and getting up there. Uh, but what about for bull? Okay, bull again? You're what, 14? Yeah, I'm 14. 14, turning 15? Uh, not this year, next so, year. So, you know, so let's say so you want to be a doctor and you want to be an NBA star. Now, both those things are a fair way away, right? Absolutely, At least, yeah. You know, be a doctor, that's, I mean, just to, you know, to get the grades and then go to uni. Mm -hmm. We're talking like, you know, five, six years here, right? So, uh, it's, you know, it's not immediate. How do you, how do you stay, I mean, how do you stay focused? How, how, do you on? Know, how do you know you're making progress? How do you, yeah. 
That's, that's an excellent question. Um, I don't know about the doctor part because I think it's harder for study. Like we were saying before, that's yeah. why we kind of stuck to sport because you can see results as you're going. Yeah. But if you have a goal, whether it's being a doctor or an NBA star, you have to come up with with uh, signposts along your life. Like, where do you want to be? So instead of just having the goal at the top, start thinking about what are the goals in between to get to that step. I mean, we're just talking about how it's difficult to see what steps it takes to get there. You have to start figuring out what those steps are going to be. So, for example, um, do you play organized basketball right now? Do you play in a team? Yeah, I'm joining this month. Joining this one. Excellent. So that's your first step is joining a team. Yep. Uh, your next step might be uh, being in the starting five. So what's it going to take for you to be in the starting five? So once you, you're good enough to be in the starting five, that's a tick that you can put next to it. After that, you start setting goals for yourself like, I need to score 15 points and get 10 rebounds. That's another step. Uh, the third one will be my team needs to start winning. So mm -hmm. like I said, it can't just be all about you. If your team starts winning, that's another thing you tick off. And you just keep going until you get to, you know, the stage where you're close. Yeah. So, yeah, so, Bill, what do you reckon? You reckon you can, uh, you reckon you can set yourself some of those signposts? Yeah, that'd be, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a hard way, but I think I, I'm going to achieve it. Well, you know we're based here, so we're going to have to start coming out to watch your games now. You know that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm going to drag your uncle out, and we're going to see how you're doing on those goals that you set for yourself. I think we've got our, uh, our scout here as well. Oh, that's right. So you never know what might happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Pierre, for tuning in today. You're back to 98.3. Um, thanks for the interview. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, that's good. Thanks.